Do you know what the uh, top rank is in the popcorn army? The top rank in the popcorn army? Yeah. No. Colonel. <laughs> I don't know where you get these from. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of That Class, hosted by your two favourite class holes, myself, Duffy Malcolm, and my co-host, Rory Kidd. Uh, how are you? This I'm good, week, man. I'm very good. I've had a, a good week of 5am starts, 5 till 11. So I've spent most of my afternoons napping and then struggling to sleep at night to then wake up at 5 again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> The world's tiniest violin is playing somewhere yes, for you. just like this. <laughs> um, I've got something for uh, a nice uh, a nice audio segment for the listeners, which uh, which we, we oh. sort of toyed with, I think, on the pilot episode of the second episode. But for those of you that are watching visually, you're, you know what's about to happen. <laughs> but for those of you listening oh, intently, oh. just put the volume up ever so slightly and just listen. Isn't that just audio gold? <laughs> oh, yes. that sounded good in my yes, head. It is. <laughs> good in your um, I also just want to say that a... if there is some like traffic noise coming down, I have changed rooms again because I'm trying to find the optim optimal position for this pod. And the bedroom's fine. It's good for like setting up my laptop and my microphone, but I'm right next to a window, which is right next to a main road. So I apologize on any cars oh, driving fantastic. past. So sirens you're definitely going to get sirens yeah. now you've mentioned it. um but enough about me how are you duncan what have you been up to i am very well i'm not too much this week uh, just another regular old week can't really do much nowadays it's just covid we're all just waiting for our jabs yeah. vaccines and just waiting for every everyone's just counting down to when the pubs yeah. open again that's pretty much what it is that's all we can do it's a shame uh, isn't it circling 26 circling april in the calendar we uh I woke up this morning and was like, if it wasn't lockdown, what would what would I be doing? Like, what would I do? And it's a Sunday, so probably not much different. <laughs> but maybe go not to much. the cinema. Just maybe, maybe go to some. Maybe go, maybe meet friends. Maybe maybe put, meet some friends yeah. in the pub. I don't know. Is yeah. that it? Is that uh? uh what? Fun times. Well, uh, yes. Welcome everybody. Welcome. We hope you're all well. Uh, we hope that you are. Uh, your commute. Is, has gone well, whether it is on the way to the office, to the kitchen, uh, to your living room, wherever you uh, go to these days, like we just said. I mean, <laughs> do you, are, you, are you still living that for a little life? Let us know. Obviously, keep liking, keep subscribing to us. Make sure you leave us reviews if you like our content. Uh, wherever you listen to your content, could be iTunes, could be Spotify. Uh, but we've got a lot to get to today, so we'll just skip past that and get straight into the news rory what we've been accused of being marvel we've been accused of being marvel sleuths so we may as well talk about uh falcon and yeah. the winter soldier uh it came out on friday it's the next disney plus series mm. from marvel uh six episodes oh, six. we've had only they only released one uh, i think they're going for like six hours a piece because one division was yeah. half hours so they kind of i think you add it all up rory your thoughts on Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Initial thoughts, love it. Like, I'm all in already. It's kind of, it's, what I love about it is it's so different to WandaVision in that WandaVision left you asking questions a lot and being like, where is this going? What's going on? Whereas this one's almost like it's straight off an MCU movie. Like, it's straight back into the yeah. action. You're thrown in to uh, Cap telling Falcon that, you know, the shield feels like it belongs to someone else and caps like it doesn't mm. belongs to you. And I feel like in hindsight, after watching the episode and listening to a few more reviews myself, that's maybe where the, the whole show is going is it is Falcon's um, realization that he is eligible to, to hold the shield and he is good enough to be the next captain America. 
Yeah, he's definitely gonna be like Captain Falcon or something like Captain that. Captain Falcon. Nintendo yeah. have a problem with that. But, <laughs> Nintendo. Uh, it sounds like because I think he does become like Captain America and like he's been Captain like been yeah. taking up the mantle before or whatever. Uh, I thought it was good. I'm more. I like the fact that they opened it with like the the fight seat, the fight scene on the yeah, dude. The squirrel suits cool. were so good. Uh, squirrel suits were good. Uh, it also like a realisticish fight i yeah. guess because like the, the actual taking the windsuits into the helicopters you know that's that has been done red bull guys have done that i, I was genuinely surprised at that though i was like fuck people people can actually do that <laughs> yeah they can <laughs> it's pretty mental i wouldn't i wouldn't try it myself but you know each to their own i like the fact they brought george st pierre back uh yeah a legit bad guy what was he uh, in initially he was in the winter soldier ah right okay uh and they didn't kill him which is good and he survived again mm. so that's fun Obviously, we've completely spoiled. We've not really spoiled this episode, but spoilers. Yeah. I'm definitely more. I'm not convinced by the Falcon story yet, but I quite like the, the Winter Soldier story. story. Yeah, I, yeah. I think the Winter Soldier story. I think he's just a cooler. I think character. we both, because we mentioned this before, uh, we were both kind of skeptical of the Don Cheadle. Uh, can he carry a TV show himself? Like can because he's always oh, kind Anthony of Mackie, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Anthony yeah. Mackie, Who am I? Th- oh, yeah. Don Cheadle's. Um, Don Cheadle's also in it. He's also he's in, in this movie, in this program. Yeah. Which actually, yeah, brief. I was so surprised. Well, actually, I wasn't surprised that I went. Oh yeah, that makes sense that he's in this because he's in the Air Force. <laughs> and then I just yeah. thought, wait, this is another Marvel actor that you've yeah. paid to be in like a couple scenes. Yeah. And then I looked up the yeah, budget, but... and it's twenty-five million an episode. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I totally I agree with your, your thoughts on Anthony Mackie because him and even Sebastian Stan were so B-plot characters and they yeah, never really 100%. had the limelight to like get their character development and get more than like a sentence out in a whole movie. Yeah, I think uh, Winter Soldier's definitely had more because he's technically in Civil War, Winter Soldier 2, Civil War. Yeah, but he doesn't then, have much dialogue. You don't really know No, he doesn't have much him. dialogue. You don't hear him talk. But I like the fact he has a list, and unlike Steve yeah. Rogers' list, where it's things he missed, his list is just making amends for all the people that he has fucked up over the years. I am. Um, I heard it he's be, done some bad things. I heard it be compared to uh, my name is Earl list. <laughs> 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 he's basically just going around all the people he fucked over in the past and apologizing. Uh, which would be so much better if he just had a random episode with Earl just turning up to help him. That <laughs> the scene so where you actually see and and they're talking to the the psychiatrist and he's like, "And did you do the third thing?" He's like, "Yes, of course I did the third thing." And he's like, "My name is Bucky Barnes. I am no longer the Winter Soldier. I'm trying to make amends." <laughs> I thought okay, it's very it's now. very clever of how he's dealing with everything. Because again, I think that's what these are. Is one division was how she dealt with after the blip this is now yeah. how these two are dealing because they were they were blipped were they not yes yes they were and the, the financial question that we all apparently had was you you haven't been working in five years it's like well i've not been alive <laughs> yeah and they can't get a loan from the bank <laughs> that's 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 the sort of real world problems that marvel likes to gloss over it's like they did in spider-man for it's like the end of the avengers battle and there's just like a bunch of guys sweeping it up yeah like so yeah somebody had to people have to like, do that damage control exactly and um, but overall very excited for this show i'm so yeah. i was so excited when it was friday and i realized it was friday and then oh. i realized it was an hour episode and i was just like let's fucking go <laughs> and i'm yeah i had fun i'm so keen to get going with this series uh we could probably could do like a impression every week if we want to could do might gloss over it might, might gloss it over two it. weeks and talk or about it, if it do an extra episode that is specifically extra falcon and winter yeah. soldier maybe yes once again delving deep into the marvel, marvel yes, mythos the marvel podcast that this is apparently <laughs> yeah yes one of these days disney will pay us yeah yeah <laughs> well speaking of that is if you've read the topic disney might start paying us soon because yeah. we get deep dive into other things another yeah. well moving on to the next part of the news which we are you're now coining the rory rants no this- i'm going to call this bit rory rants because i've just i've seen i know what you're about to talk about because the thing that we kind of slagged off last week has now come out which is the uh snyder cut of the justice league now yeah. I haven't, I've watched the original Justice League. I haven't seen the Snyder Cut. However, 
you have you, you stretching. I'm stretching. Like, I'm getting ready. Like stretching, like just, <laughs> just a vein starting to appear in your forehead. Uh, so you have watched the Snyder Cut, Rory. This is a Rory. This is I'm going to coin this a Rory rant. I think by the end of this, but we'll wait and see what happens. I think there could be some genuine emotion here, Rory. Why don't you tell us about your impressions of the Snyder Cut? By the way, there will probably be some spoilers if you haven't seen any of it. So you know, just but just yes. bear with us here. Okay, Rory. What did you think so, of Justice League Snyder Cut? <laughs> so first, straight off the bat, four hours this movie is. Right. It's a four-hour movie. Okay. And the original was, I think, a two-hour movie, maybe just over two. Yeah. That itself was quite a disappointing movie. It was not as good as I th- hoped it would be. It was basically DC forcing uh, an Avengers movie. So we want one. So when it comes Avengers to- from which. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to four-hour version of this movie, that basic right here we go. I've titled this uh, comment "Borefest 2021." Right. Okay. Um, I watched the first two hours of the movie. Genuinely, could not continue with the rest. I paused it to go for a pee, and realized I was only two hours in. And I think it's just after they have the fight underneath the um, Gotham Harbor. Oh, okay. And then, and then Aquaman is introduced. That's two hours of the movie. Jesus. There's way too much um, detail. I mean, I get I get why. And I spoke to my mate, my old flatmate Fraser about it, who's a huge DC fan. And he said, if you watch it like it's a, like a project rather than a blockbuster movie, then it makes sense. And I'm like, I'm not watching it like that. Yeah. I'm watching it like a fucking blockbuster. <laughs> Nobody got time I, I want for that. to get... Gr- yeah, no, I want to get gripped in literally as quickly as I got gripped into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But this movie has so much character development that they're just shoehorning and forcing down your throat because they need to get this into this movie because they're adding so many new characters that you don't know about that you have to care about because of what might happen in the other two-hour movie that happens after the first two-hour movie. <laughs> so way too much character development. Um could have done like you could have built up to it solo movies that's what marvel's yeah. done really really well and they've just and then you've got dark side and his minions and i feel like i'm just comparing it a lot to infinity war and it's and it's just not the same movie it is a terrible i it's a <laughs> words i don't even have words i'm so angry at this movie ezra miller i like ezra miller as an actor him as barry allen the flash is awful I want to punch him in the face every time he's on screen. He's so dislikable, unlikable even. I like. I don't hate the actor. I just hate the character that, or the way that he's playing the character. Okay. And I yeah. want. I genuinely wanted him to get injured or die so that he wasn't in the rest of the movie. Um, all side note for most of the same things. Cyborg, who we talked about last week, I don't really care about him either. Like you, he got more character development, and you've but man. Jesus. Another thing that annoyed me, just going down my bullet points. Um, four by three ratio, aspect ratio, was which apparently is because it was though? meant to be, yeah, it's meant to be for IMAX, but when you watch it on a widescreen television, you've got two black bezels and then the movie. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I just look, I just, oh. <laughs> I thought I would get used to it, but the more I watched it, the more I couldn't help but look at it. All right, you know? okay. And noticed that it was there. And then coming up to like the two hour mark, I sort of started thinking to myself, I didn't really enjoy the original. (laughs) (laughs) So why am I I using up my time to watch a four hour movie version of this? I, I genuinely felt like I had better time. I could use my time better while in a lockdown, (laughs) which we have so much time to do. Everything. Almost nothing. Yeah, so it's and everything. everything. Yeah. Yeah. That genuinely this movie was so boring to me that I would rather have done nothing. <laughs> um, I've I've given this, I guess, because we asked people to rate us one to five stars. Okay. I've given this a two star rating. Would not recommend. That's one star per hour. So they're they're on the yeah. way for four. They're on the way so for four it could stars. be a four star movie. <laughs> Or you could deduct stars as the hours keep going. <laughs> this is that is also true. It could end up being a zero. Yeah, I I don't. I kind of feel like I want to watch it. I might use the free trial now TV and sit through and watch it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, 
give it use the free trial give it a go and if you're not gripped or intrigued then i just say sack it i, I don't know I had what to, it is. i had to get i had to get the I didn't even get to see Superman in his black suit. I didn't get to see a bunch of stuff that's from the old trailer that didn't actually make the original movie. I didn't get to see the Joker's new appearance, that's which apparently wrong. is at the very, very end. All right, okay. Uh, in like a dream sequence or something with Batman. I'm just... Uh, I'm, I'm glad it's over. I'm never going to watch it again. God, so we're never going to watch it again. I didn't even finish it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough one. I mean, I get why they've done it. Uh, but I just don't know how you know, everyone seems to think it's better because I remember we were slagging it off and I read all the people were coming yeah. out of the reviews like this is the Lord of the Rings of the DC and I'm like whoa slow your, slow your roll here yeah <laughs> like, like, hold easy up now. hold up easy, yeah easy now easy now uh, that's, that's a pretty big thing to compare it to uh, okay so I will Okay, so that is the end of Rory Rant. He's uh, he's he's he's, fire, he's he's gone bright red in the face. He's he's yes, he's fired up. Breathe. Now. Fire, he needs to breathe. <laughs> breathe, Rory. I need to talk about something I genuinely love. <laughs> <laughs> so, shall we just get onto the main topic of today's pod? Yes, Rory. You want to tell me a conspiracy theory that all of the that somehow the Pixar the Pixar films, the Disney Pixar films, are somehow all related to each other, even though they all are completely different things. Yes. So. If you've not read the title of this episode, this is basically the Pixar theory, which is a theory uh, thought up by a man named John Negroni. Fantastic um, name. Does he like stuff? Great drinks? name. I'm I pretty feel... sure that's like a beer. It's it's or not some sort it's of a, food. It's a cocktail. It's a cocktail, uh, Negroni. Yep. Somewhere there is <laughs> um, a barman so... cringing at the fact you just said that. You're going to get a verbal beat. Yeah, I know. Never I am a barman. I'm a cocktail barman. <laughs> Cocktail I'm a trained cross surfer. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Anyway, the idea of this theory is that every single Pixar movie that exists, um, in the same universe along one giant timeline. Okay. Right. It all starts with the Good Dinosaur, which is obviously based like 65 million years ago. Right. And it is basically based on the asteroid that was meant to hit Earth and destroy the dinosaurs, misses Earth. Right. And you see that it's in the movie, the asteroid misses Earth. Um, it tells the rise and fall of toys, humans, animals, and machines, and takes place over millions of years, and finally ends in Monsters Inc. or Brave, depending on how you want to look at it, because it's one infinite loop, basically. And I'll t explain right. why. Right. Okay? okay. Right. So I'm going to go through every single movie. Not every single movie, because a lot of them you can clump into one. Right. Every single movie... That goes from The Good Dinosaur all the way to Monsters, Inc. And then hopefully by then you will know that it loops around and we'll just okay. dive straight in, shall we? Yeah. This is on, then. the Pixar theory. Okay. As a, as as what I've researched. Okay. You know, people, some people have other theories. Um, this is the one I researched and this is the one that kind of makes sense to me. So. Okay. Go on. Starting Go off me. with The Good Dinosaur 65 million years ago. Um, it explains why Pixar Universe is so similar to our own. Um, it's just ever so slightly different, and it's right at the scene where you see the asteroid not hitting Earth, which kind of gives you that idea already that this is Earth, but it's not exactly how you know it to be, because okay. history has changed already. Right. Okay? okay? Yep. As a result of the asteroid not hitting, the dinosaurs don't go extinct and apparently start to act less primitive and develop agricultural skills. So you start seeing in the movie. Have you seen the green, the good Not dinosaur? Not for a long time. Okay, so it basically when the asteroid misses, it like jumps a couple million years, and you've got the big long neck dinosaurs are farming and they're farming corn and like holding corn yes, and stuff. Yes, I do remember the that. The T Rexes are now ranchers and they're like they're like ranching herbivores. Yes, and Sam Elliott. Sam by... Elliott plays a T Rex cowboy. Yeah. Yes, I remember this. And yeah, so basically all these dinosaurs are starting to have like kind of human mannerisms so, on how they develop Earth and they're farming and they're thinking about longevity and things so like that. So it's this. like, what if dinosaurs had thoughts and feelings? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. But then fate, I'll put that in inverted commas, fate, which we'll, we'll get into in Brave, has a way of catching up with you 
and a bunch of crazy bad weather eventually wipes out the dinosaurs and we basically start from what the earth wanted to start with initially okay, right. okay. it helps us establish that if you're the kind of animal that can survive without human intervention like a rat or a pelican or anything that lives underwater you're probably going to develop some kind of intelligence within this pixar universe okay okay right. unless you're a human that gets turned into an animal like meredith's mom does in brave okay right so now we're in okay. brave and scotland so which leads us yeah there's a lot of nice little segues that leave us right into the next movie okay okay so brave set in the 10th century of scotland we'll just pause for celebration that we're involved yeah, Scotland's in something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and this film, for uh, people Bra- that haven't seen it, is basically Pixar saying, what if Scottish people had thoughts and feelings? Yes, this is all about thoughts and feelings in Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> so th- it's based on uh, um, Princess Meredith, which is a really hard name to say. It's not Merida. And it's a very old school Scottish name. Is it Merida? Merida? I thought it was Meredith. Yep. Shit. Sorry, Pixar fans. It's the um, one thing, one Scottish trying- thing, Rory. <laughs> Yeah. So going back to the subject of fate, this whole movie is about her trying to change her fate, which is basically not getting married. <laughs> because back then in the medieval times, it was all about like your parents picked your uh, yeah, arranged marriages, arranged marriages. She ends up following some blue lights. I think they're called wisps. Yeah, that sounds about right. Which brings her to the witch that lives in a little cabin. And this is where the whole theory starts, basically. She meets the most important and most interesting character in this whole theory. And the most important thing about this witch is her workshop. It has so much going on in the workshop. First of all, it introduces us to magic. So we we now know that there's magic in this universe. She she is able to make things behave in a way that they shouldn't behave. Like the broom starts sort of acting like a person. Classic Disney. The knife, like classic Disney. The knives that she like puts on Meredith suddenly look at her when she says something wrong and they're like, hold on, like almost like they have feelings and thoughts. Okay. And also in the background, well, before I say this, she is obsessed with bears. Yep. Which is a very convenient thing about what we mentioned, talked about yesterday, (laughs) Uh, last week even. (laughs) She's obsessed with bears and what Pixar animal or character resembles a bear, Duncan? Uh, Is this where you're talking about the fact there's like a Sully doll or something? in the work yeah in the- so like what pixar does all the time is it puts little easter eggs in the background of things okay and within her workshop there's a carving of the pizza planet car all right okay which right. makes no sense because it's medieval scotland so is she from the future Can she can she go and time travel and things like know. that how does she know is it just an easter egg <laughs> Harry, Harry probably time travel and scottish witch but there's another there's another engraving that you see in the background, which is an engraving of Sully. Yep. And that's where this because she's obsessed with bears, and then there's Sully in the background, and you think, now we're onto something. Okay? okay. Also, her crow can talk to humans, and her door doesn't work the same as I've known doors to work. <laughs> right. Okay. In terms of she so at one point she takes Meredith out of her workshop, closes the door, opens it again, and it's a different room. Oh, okay. So like the doors again, from, the doors from Monsters Inc. Looping back to Monsters Inc. Yes. Going back to Monsters Inc. Okay. She also has the ability to change someone's fate. Right. Okay. Which also kind of makes me think about how she's changed her fate. And I won't tell you who I who we think she is, but I'm pretty sure you know who she is because she's obsessed with bears and Sully. <laughs> <laughs> you can't think you. All oh, right. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. People that are listening that I know Pixar, you probably together. can jump on that quicker than Duncan. Um, So far, with these two movies, we've established that humans and animals are both capable of intelligence. But as I introduce in the next movie, we get the third player in the game, which are machines. So this is a battle of humans, animals, and machines. You're laughing. Why are you laughing? Why am I laughing? I just don't know. It's a great theory. It's a great theory, yeah. It's just funny thinking about them writing this on the wall. Right, this one man. Yeah. This one man. It's like Happy the Pepe Silva. Silva yeah. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere I go, all I see is Pepe Silva. <laughs> um, so um, it's basically now we're in the power struggle between these three groups that will pretty much define the middle section of the theory. Okay. Right. So we're going to dive deeper into machines with next movies. 
The Incredibles 1 and 2 because they're basically one after the other. And it's set pretty much in the 1950s, 60s, okay? Yeah, that sort of. We're introduced in this movie to supers yep. uh, who are basically the peak human existence who live in a world of consistent... Consta- I'm reading this. <laughs> they live in a world of consistent crime and danger and do their best to fight it until ultimately they're outlawed, which basically starts the whole Incredibles movie. Mm-hmm. Um, not before they're outlawed, you see a scene of Mr. Incredible in his heyday basically insult this little kid when he his number one fan his number one fan um who ends up becoming syndrome and then becoming like the bad guy of this whole movie syndrome basically spends his whole life developing a technology to kill supers so that he can then pretend to be the best super and the only one technically he's not pretending to be the best super because like he's basically just iron man he is basically iron, like just, he develops technology and yeah. he's, that's actually pretty good yeah, yeah he's, uh, this is basically um, what would happen if like superheroes had thoughts and feelings yeah you see the pattern <laughs> <laughs> and then and then spoiler alert the ai creates thoughts and feelings and the ai that syndrome created basically becomes smart enough to defeat him uh and even though he dies during his cape being a terrible design he basically no introduced capes. no capes he basically has introduced artificial intelligence into the Pixar universe. Right. So okay. this marks the end of humans in terms of power. More, not so much power of the world, but like top tier food chain type power. Um, basically, end of humans as the machines don't exactly take over immediately, but this is now the growth of the machines and the end of the humans. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. So it's gone full Terminator. Yeah, it's, yeah, basically. Are you keeping up? Yes. I'm, I'm, yeah, it makes so far I'm, making sense. Okay, so in the next few movies, they show us how the animals continue to get smarter while the humans are still doing okay. So machines are progressing as well as the humans staying linear, and then the animals are also progressing and in developing intelligence. Okay. So the next up, these movies involve Toy Story, Inside Out, Up, Ratatouille, Finding Nemo, slash Finding Dory. Right. Okay, this is our middle section, and it's the most bullet points that I've ever made in my life. <laughs> That's a lot. So full clip. So, these movies start are range from basically 1995 to 2015. So this is okay. based solely on our generation of what we've lived in. <laughs> so like up Toy Story, Finding yeah, Ratatouille, Nemo. Inside Out, Rat- Finding yeah, Nemo. It's out. all based on our our lifespan so far, and it introduces B and L or by and large, mm-hmm. uh, which is a huge part in the Pixar theory, which I'll get into later. B&L are the company that you see trying to get Carl out of his house when they're building around him in Up. Yes. They're the construction company. Okay. They're also the company in Wally. Yes, that they are. try and help get rid of the, the stuff from Earth. I also think they run the Starliners. They do. They're, they're like Amazon. Um, yeah. And also... <laughs> They're the batteries that you see in a lot of the toys in Toy Story. Okay? Yep. So, we've got all this happening, right? Toys are basically small forms of this AI that Syndrome developed way back when in the 50s. Right. And discover that human interaction or love is another source of energy which they thrive and discover what happens to toys when they're forgotten or neglected by humans. Okay? For example, they think love is an energy or a source of energy, which then brings us back to Monsters, Inc., who use human, <laughs> human laughter emotion. and love, human emotion, as energy. Okay. And when you're forgotten or neglected by a human, you kind of die out, and you kind of, like, yeah. That's stop moving. Like, which inside happens out, to Wheezy. Pixar thought, what if humans had thoughts and feelings? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then, so you get Wheezy, who was on the, the shelf in Toy Story 2, or Toy Story 2, yeah. Yes. So he's, like, slowly dying because Andy's mum put him on a shelf and Andy's kind of forgotten about him. I thought he was slowly dying because he was broken, because he got stood on. That's why he's Well, yeah, and then he got put on the shelf. Yeah. And he's, like, slowly dying. All right, okay. That's morbid. I guess that's what what, what they said. So, um... So basically, the toys develop an obsession to be around humans, making their owners happy even when they're separated, which okay. is basically Woody's whole character development. That's pretty much it. Um, meanwhile, animals continue to develop intelligence parallel to humans. We see Dory, however, through sheer exposure to humans, speeds up the process of intelligence. 
Okay. Dory grew up in captivity and surrounded by humans and developed skills like reading English and learning another language. So Dory. <laughs> so what about Nemo? Well, so Nemo wasn't. Well, so this is what I'm saying is Dory. Dory got separated by her family in Finding Dory and then was picked up by a fisherman and put in a zoo, not an aquarium. aquarium. So she was brought up basically with humans. So she learned to read, whereas Nemo didn't. He was just ah, right, okay. captured, they just talked put in a other. fish tank. Yeah. So they can all talk but within, English, but she can read English. I've not actually seen she can, Dory, yeah. so I So know. she can read English because she sees the word escape. Ah, right, and she okay. then... She then knows that it's 22 Wallaby Way, Sydney, or whatever it is, okay. on the, the guy's mask. And she can also speak another language, like whale, <laughs> which, which is <laughs> intelligent. But then also in that same movie, we see fish in a fish tank ultimately put one over the humans and escape. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You know? That's pretty They find a way to escape and, and uh, terrify the crap out of Darla, who probably has a fear of all fish now. <laughs> I think that'd be entirely accurate. It's like Sid yeah. probably never got over the fact that Woody spun his head around like the fucking exorcist. Yeah, that's absolutely. Be terrifying. good to your toys. <laughs> now, just uh, meanwhile, that. back on land, back on land, we also see that a rat who loves human culture and society eventually becomes the one best. of the best chefs in France, <laughs> uh, which also shows that animals thrive off the mere presence of human emotion and they have thoughts and seeing humans get you know loving cooking and being around french chefs and then he loves cooking and he just develops this ability to be one of the best chefs in france okay that's like disney magic disney magic toy story 3 mostly gives us more evidence that these movies are all connected and they're all in the same timeline darla from finding nemo apparently is seen in the corner of a magazine in toy story 3 really that's a stretch. I did the research. That's a stretch. Um, Boo from Monsters, Inc. is seen as an older child in Toy Story 3. Is she? She's play- yeah, she's playing with uh, with a doll in one of the one of the rooms. Oh, I, I feel like that's just a that's been confirmed. That's been That's been confirmed. And it's not, no, it's, it's an older version of her. It's like oh, what right, Boo okay. would look like as a toddler rather than a three-year-old, I guess. Alright, oh, okay. Um, Carl and Ellie from Up are shown to have known Andy. And this is like we don't have to get into this whole thing, but this is like a letter that is on Andy's cork thing. Yep. And it's also a letter that's in up and it's about this person called Gene, I think, but that basically confirms that those two know each other, even though it's a huge different timeline. It's John Negroni um, guy. And, sounds like he's got way too much time on his hands. Oh my God. Right. Should be watching justice then, league or something. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I mean, well, this is more, This he's used his time a lot more because I'm enjoying this more. <laughs> um, but most importantly, we see Buzz's batteries are powered by B&L, which proves the link between B&L and sentient toys. I disagree okay? with that one because Mr. Potato Head doesn't have any batteries. Well, that's also because of human emotion and sentient toys. Oh, so it's about a... being around humans oh, okay. and batteries. Okay, that, That'll catch all. Next is up where we see the potential of humans as they create technology to allow animals to talk to them through basically the dog collars. Yep, remember that. A progress that we will fully realize later in the movie. And inside out, we finally are introduced to the source of human energy, which is emotions, because humans have emotions, and it's all from imagination and emotion and things like that, okay? And emotion, as well as imagination, has differing levels of power based on the person as demonstrated in Monsters, Inc. So the the joy emotion and the happiness emotion and your imagination seem to have more power than sadness. And she was just sort of sitting there all sad. And it was that lady from The Office. Right. What was her name? What was that? Did you watch? What was her name in The Office? Who? Which Sa- one? Not Sandra. No. The, the sad one with the glasses, the salesman. Phyllis? Phyllis, yeah. Phyllis. That, she plays sadness. She's very good. Ah, right, okay. Um, and another little uh, call back with Inside Out is Bing Bong. And uh, yeah, I have written this here. We see Bing Bong, who is Riley's imaginary friend. Yes. Okay. We could also theorize, again, this is just a theory, that Bing Bong could have been her comedy monster oh. that comes from her closet 
and gives her jokes to laugh at, which could have been from Monsters, Inc. Another little reference. Okay. Okay, from the future, I'll say as well. And that's a little nod to what we're about to get to. When are we getting the Pixar Avengers film? That's what I want to know. I know, right? (laughs) They all combine. When are they all going to combine? Oh, we nearly got that when all the toys got chucked into the melting machine at the end of, like, Toy Story 3. Yeah. And, like, the deleted scene, they all just come out the furnace as one, like, mangled metal of plastic. Did they really? No. It's <laughs> oh, just, right, like, okay. <laughs> that'd be super morbid. Okay, moving on. So, from 2015 all the way to 2057, Jesus. basically, the Earth deteriorates as man basically fucks it with pollution and being ignorant and shit like we all are. So, by 2057, B&L has taken over the entire world and its governments. Yep. So not just a battery or a construction company. They've basically, they're every shop in the world and they are these spaceships that have taken people up into space because Earth is overpopulated. Yep. All right. And then in 2105, mankind is evacuated. So B&L can restore Earth with the help of the WALL-E units. All right. So we're in WALL-E now. They accomplish this in about five years by incinerating the world's garbage but as they do this, it leads to more pollution of the air that makes Earth unlivable. So all the yep. humans have to basically stay in space aboard these Starliners and one, and most importantly, called the Axiom, because that's like the main one that we look at. All right. Okay. So while this is happening, because we go back to Wally later on, because Wally kind of cleans up <laughs> right. after this. Yep. While that's happening in space, with the humans all gone. Machines are left to rule the world unchecked. Oh, yes, cars. Exactly. <laughs> cars 1 to 3, which is based 2110 to 2804 is when cars basically owned the world. Okay. okay. But technology, but they're machines, but the technology doesn't improve, really. No. All the cars are exactly the same. Yeah, but there, so there is a theory that because cars won are all these en- um, petrol engine cars, but Cars 3 introduces battery-powered cars. Right. The theory is that they wake up in the sort of same timeline as they're invented. Okay. Okay? Yes. So following the rules of Toy Story, the cars that were owned by humans who loved them come to life and try and find a new purpose. But without humans around... They assume the roles of their previous owners and carry on human traditions as the planet slowly heals. Right. Okay? Okay. So basically, these cars are being who their owners were, but only if they were loved. Oh, which is why... Yeah, I know. It's it's pretty hectic. Right. And then in Cars 2, which is a dog eggs movie... Dog eggs? Um, dog eggs? Why are you calling it... I've never heard that expression. It's, instead of just saying dog shit... <laughs> You just want um, to say that. Basically, in Cars 2, they introduced that there's not enough fuel to go around every car, let alone human emotion to power them. So eventually, you can assume the cars like die out as well. Okay. okay? They run out of petrol and they run out of human emotion. And basically, memory. Again, what if cars had memory? What if, what if cars basically had thoughts run and feelings? Out. Exactly. Like Wally, when they had, what if, what, what if robots had thoughts and feelings? We're going to see a pattern here. There is a pattern here. So coming back to Wally... Um, during the start of cars, um, Operation Cleanup ends, basically. And B&L evacuate before one city is finished. Um, the last Wally unit is still cleaning things up. And this is basically this, the whole story of Wally. He's the last little robot that's there. And he survived this long. One, because he's solar powered. And two, because of his obsession with human trinkets, which gives him the will he needs to survive. Okay. Because of human trinkets and the memory of humans, he's able to keep running as well as solar energy. But solar energy probably means more sense. (laughs) I would would Um, think so. And then later he helps Eve, who's another robot, bring a Starliner back to restore Earth so humans can then repopulate and start over again. Okay? Okay. That leads us to a bug's life. A bug's life. Which <laughs> I know. Which you're thinking, a bug's life. When is this? This is actually in the future as well. Is it so? Though? Like I, it is. I feel like this is. It gets like you had me in the middle. You had me in the first half. Yeah. Not gonna lie. Okay. But yeah. I feel like this theory starts to lose. It's legs pushing it now as it gets yeah. to like the hiss bit. So in a bug's life, which is set in 2898, 
Really? After, apparently. <laughs> right, okay. This is what I looked up. Um, after nearly a century of repopulation, human emotion energy has returned a spark to the world. Enough to prompt insects and birds to, into rebuilding their own societies, starting small by repurposing leftover human artifacts as cities. So this explains why, in A Bug's Life, they're more concerned about weather and insects rather than humans, like stepping on them. But I thought they were cons only concerned. Yeah, but maybe they live in a field somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so because they don't seem to care much about humans, but they prove to be much smarter than other animals, likely because they've survived the Cars era, as shown in The Cockroach and Wally, because Wally is set sort of in between cars, and you see a cockroach, which is a bug. Yep. Okay. Right? So these bugs have clearly had time to develop before humans got back to Earth and our intelligent life, basically. More so okay. than the birds, who the birds obviously weren't there because of the pollution. So the bird in A Bug's Life is still quite feral. <laughs> Okay, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. They're more primal. Bugs basically are also inventing things, putting on circuses and developing an interconnect interconnected civilization of their own. Yeah, you sure you're not okay. the birds not just looking at the bug, because birds and bugs speak a different language, so maybe they don't understand each other. Possibly, but that's not how they did it in the movie. <laughs> also, a key word in that little synopsis thing there was spark, which adds brings us to this is me spitballing rather than being dead on brings us to soul because the movie in soul talks about how have you seen it yet? Nope. I yeah. should have. So it talks right. about, talks about how before life and the afterlife. So in the before life, you have to sort of, you get given a personality, but you have to find the spark that lets you go to earth and be born. Okay. Right. Okay. So they go into the room of, a bunch of stuff. I can't remember what it's called. A room <laughs> of a bunch of stuff. And basically these little before born people get their spark because they get like, mine might have been surfing or yours might have been Star Wars. Star or, Wars. I don't know. Definitely not. Podcasts, or, podcasts. You know? And then the room of everything basically has the Pixar Easter egg cave of wonders. So if you look into that, there is so much Pixar stuff that basically adds everything into the same universe. Oh, God. And because Soul seems to be sort of in the 2000s era from the way, like, he's got, like, an iPhone and stuff like that. Yeah, it's set now. Set, like, it's set now, yeah. However, when you go into the world of everything, or the room of everything, you see the axiom in the background, which is in the future. Okay. So, obviously... It's been built to be someone's spark later on, but not right now. <laughs> right, okay. If that right. makes sense. Yeah. So that just adds, I feel like it adds soul uh, to the theory. That was just my ad, because the soul wasn't in this oh, it's um, not in, oh. article. Oh, you're taking it off. It wasn't on. in the article that I read. You're finding, However, you're finding so, Pepe Sylvia. Yes, I digress. After A Bug's Life, we move swiftly on to Monsters, Inc. and Monsters University. So once humans are back on Earth... And they're living their lives and the bugs are very intelligent and things like that. What the theory is, is that humans and or bugs develop enough. And because of the earth and, this, and the air not quite being good oxygen and maybe a little bit right. toxic, they have developed into monsters. <laughs> That's a, this is a long shot. Okay, is, I think this is the Hail Mary of this... Uh... The, what they had written here is there's a myth that humans who look like animals or mons, re mons. rebelled against human mons oh, rebelled against humans. So apparently this is in the DVD extra of Monsters Inc. Right. Um, where humans humans that look like animals rebelled against humans at some point, and then they took over the world, and then that's what morphed into monsters. And that's in a DVD okay. extra. It's a DVD extra on Monsters Inc. And the myth coincides with the idea that animals have finally evolved past humans, which is what we were going for anyway, with Bugs Life. You hear that? That's the bottom of the barrel being scraped. Yeah. Um, so still reliant on human emotion as power, the monsters start Monsters Inc. and Monsters University in order to harvest energy 
from the past where humans are still around. Okay? Right. Okay. Yep. Okay. Are you following? I am following. Okay. Yes. So they use their doors as portals through time. The monsters <laughs> the monsters keep but the monsters keep the facts secret in order to preserve the timeline. Okay? Because the more if too many people know about the timeline, then the timeline's it's a whole back but to the they, future. But thing. they all know. They all they all know. I thought but they the don't. They, they don't know they're going back in time. They know they're going to the human world. Right. But the human okay. world is our is their world, but way back in nowadays. Right. Okay. Okay. So, the fact that they're per, they're preserving this fact to maintain the timeline convinces all monsters that anything from the human world is extremely toxic or a twenty three nineteen. Okay. So, so they never want to touch anything. No. They want to get in and out. They don't want to do that, anything like yep. that, because they think it's toxic, which allows them to stay in their world and the timeline is fine. Okay? Right. Does that make sense? Yes. This is why time travel is such a horrible story device. Exactly. Which then brings us very nicely back to Brave, okay? Or back to Monsters, Inc. Basically, at the end of Monsters, Inc., Sully has discovered that laughter and joy are more powerful emotions than screams and fear. Okay? Yep. This ends the Pixar timeline at a moment of true harmony between humans, animals, and machines. Right. However, Sully exposes Boo to the monster world, she, and she's desperate to find Sully again, and she remembers the power of the doors. Boo grows up to become basically a witch oh, for fuck's in order to find Sully. <laughs> right. No, I'm done. I'm done now. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I know, which is the same. Basically, this is the same witch from Brave who's traveled to the past to find Sully, who looks like a bear. Is that a coincidence? <laughs> She's obsessed with bears. She has a carving of Sully in her workshop. She's not releasing. She's not realizing that Sully lives in a distant future. Boo uses the doors as portals. She has items from various points of time and even has a carving of her in the workshop. Okay, so... <laughs> I went deeper into this. I went deeper into this. And also, it comes back to... Oh, but wait, there's more. There's more. Basically, there's the, also the thing of Coco. So Coco is another Pixar theory about uh -huh. uh, the Day of the Dead in Mexico. Yep. yep. But what that represents is those living in purgatory who haven't had their second death to like go beyond... Are sitting in this what about, you've had land of death, the. What about second death? Yeah, they're sitting in the land of the dead that once a year are allowed to come back to the land of the living, in uh, the day of the dead, if they're remembered. Okay, so this okay. adds to the theory that Boo wants Sully to survive and to live and to be remembered. And what is a better way to keep someone alive than to know someone in the future and then travel to the past? Oh, it's, oh no. It's such right. a brain fuck. Okay, this has got a little bit too much James Cameron for me. Yeah, I know. And then irrelevant, this this is where it kind of gets off the rails for me. Onward, which is about um, elves, fairy tale creatures fairy tale and elves creatures, and stuff. Yeah. And like he creates his, his dad's legs. Yes, he does. And has an adventure with his dad's legs. <laughs> Onward apparently takes place on another planet. <laughs> Because it has two moons. Oh no! Um, no but at the same no, time, no. at the same time, no. they have a lot of human products and a lot of human mannerisms. And actually, one of the records in the house is the recording artist that is featured in Soul. Okay. 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 That, that would. Um, sure they're so not just the Easter eggs. Is, yeah. So the theory is that it's not an Easter egg. That they could be an evolution of humans that landed on this planet. From one of the starliners in Wally that didn't go back to Earth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Oh wow! I bet he had a few Negronis before he made this up. <laughs> I know a few Negronis just listening to it. Maybe he changed his name because of this. <laughs> I would. This is mental. I know. So that. That concludes the Pixar theory. The Pixar theory. That I researched. If 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 the listeners, if you guys want to comment on the theory, if you <laughs> missed something out, if you know more than I do, uh, leave us a leave us a comment on YouTube or Instagram, give us a DM, or write to us on Twitter. That's class pod. 
Um, I think Duncan's flabbergasted. I'm just, I'm just watching. There's, there's a, a, a van pulled up outside with uh, two guys in black suits and earpieces, and they've got a. <laughs> oh my god! Got a, you know, and it's got, it's got a Disney, it's got a Mickey Mouse logo on the side. It looks like they're. Uh, <laughs> Is it Mickey Mouse doing like the shush sound? <laughs> so, yeah, it's Mickey Mouse doing the shush sound. They put a little antennae on the top and they're pointing it at the window as if to say, uh, they know too much. I'll wait for a red dot we to appear too much. in my We've for, shared too much. I'll wait for a red internet. dot to appear in my forehead. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Okay. Wow. So I, other than other than some of the I think the start of it makes a lot more sense than the end. The end is clutching at straws, I reckon. I, I think it started off. Like, he's he's not started at the end of this theory and worked backwards. He's definitely started at the start, and he, it's because there's so much time like between the good dinosaur. Yeah, I know. And yeah. Then, like what happened brave. between sixty five million years ago and the tenth century? I don't think any. Like, some of it makes sense, and then some of it is just a complete. Yeah. Str- wow. The whole like. The whole thing from wow. Brave to The Incredibles to Toy Story makes sense with with uh, artificial intelligence and with B&L and with human emotion because all these animals and all these toys seem to start becoming more intelligent and acting more human. But then it kind of, for me, yeah, it goes off the rails when yeah, you go I into think a there's, I think there's a few off the rails. A bug's I, life into I Monsters hope, Inc. I hope you've never taught. I hope you haven't discussed this with lots of people, Roy. Well, you have now. It is out there. I haven't. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> for those that have listened, we've now discussed it with all of them. Oh, <laughs> I, oh this could be quite too heavy for a morning commute. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, it's interesting for him. Or it just made it fly by. <laughs> uh, shall we end it there, Doug? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I need time, nice to, I need time to digest all of this. Yeah. Well, that's all from us this week at That's Class. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. And if you like this episode, consider subscribing. Leave us a like and a review. We accept five-star reviews as a minimum. Absolutely. Please tell your friends about the pod as well. It really helps us out when more people get, you know, told about it. You could even lie to your friends. Tell them that it's amazing, that they'll really like it, so that they'll listen to it. And then they'll be like, why? I don't like this at all. (laughs) The more lessons we get, the better we feel about ourselves. We, uh, we upload a new episode every Monday morning, just in time for your commute, be it to work or the kitchen. We are available on wherever you get your podcasts. If you have something you want us to cover or you didn't like something that we talked about today, you can catch us on all the socials. Twitter and Instagram is That's Class Pod. We have a YouTube channel as well called That's Class. If you fancy watching us talk, you can put faces to the voices and instantly regret making that decision. Uh, videos go up every following wednesday a big shout out to stuart hoskin for supplying the intro music uh we hope you enjoyed listening and that you will tune in again next week to that's class goodbye from me and say goodbye duncan goodbye duncan peace